This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by elementary teacher Laura Clausen. We're going to have an amazing conversation about building relationships with students and what it means to be a kid magnet. Laura Clausen, thank you for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We are in April. We're in the end of April. We're getting close to the end of the school year. Are you hanging in there? Hanging in there, doing great. <laughs> Trying to get some of that last stuff in before the end. So do you find um, do you find it now that we get to the end of the school year where you know you see that light at the end of the tunnel and it's sort of like, wow, we still have to, you know, we'd like to get through this and this and this and this. Is that all happening? It is. I feel like that is the biggest challenge right now is to fit everything in yeah. and make sure that they are so ready for that next grade level. It's so different than, you know, the fall where you figure, oh, we got all year, you know. It's so relaxing in the fall and now it's it's cram time. Uh, well, I really appreciate um, you coming on this episode. So the focus of of this episode is going to be on, you know, building relationships. So you're an elementary school teacher, second grade. Yep. And I was told, and this is why I invited you on here, that you are a kid magnet and kids absolutely love you. And um, so let's talk about building relationships. Um, do you consider yourself a kid magnet? I've never thought of that before <laughs> you mentioned it. I do. I have always done things with kids. Um, I Back to when I was in high school, I was a coach. Um, I did some coaching on the side when I did start teaching in a yeah. small district. So I guess, yeah, probably it, that is probably a good and accurate description. <laughs> so building relationships, you know, I have elementary um, aged kids and their teacher is probably, you know, one of the top most important people in their life. I mean, they spend so much time with you and you're like an extension of their family probably for a lot of kids. I mean, I just know that my kids are always talking about like their teacher and what happens in classroom. Is that something that you think about a lot? It is. I do feel like I spend more waking hours with a lot of kids than they do with their own family. Yeah. So I do think that that is one of the things that you know, is really important. It's a relationship that that you want to be positive, that families want to be positive, and that um, and that other educators want to be positive. Yeah. So that kids have that extra adult in their life that they can trust and have a good relationship with. So, how do you approach that? Say at the beginning of the year. I mean, we're in you know the spring of the year. You've had you know all these students for months on end. But you know when we go into the fall, or even thinking back to to last fall, how do you approach the school year with students? Oftentimes, you know it's it's a new grade. It's a new crew of of students that are coming through your classroom. How how do you approach building relationships with students at the beginning of the year? Before the students even start at the beginning of the year, I send out an email to the families when I get my roster and I ask them to tell me three things about their kid that they would really want me to know. Oh. Three positive things yeah. about their kid that they would really want me to know. That way if that first day or that first hour are hard, yeah. I've got some things in my back pocket to say, I know you really like Pokemon or I know that yeah. you're really into your your cat named whatever. And so I can, I can use that as a strategy. And then I also know what their family sees as their strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So that really helps me on day one, hour one, minute one. Um, and then right from the get-go, we greet kids at the door every day. Um, we make sure that they feel welcome and that they're in that space where they um, have other student relationships that are positive and we wear a smile um, and we are doing morning meeting yeah. every day and those things all build that relationship just right away. For you in your classroom, is it um, oftentimes relationships first and then academics second? Yes, because relationships are the key to getting the academics done. Um, I think that that helps us to give that flow to the day. They, they definitely know that um, they have a positive relationship and things happen in the day, right, that you just don't foresee. And if yeah. you have that strong relationship, usually you can use that relationship to pull them back in to get in, yeah. back into those academics easily. So how does that, uh, some of those strategies do they come in? Do they come in handy? Like, do they quickly turn a student around? You know, in in some of those moments. Yeah, you can use things like humor um, with certain students, or you can use things like their likes and dislikes, or things that they've just recently read about to kind of turn around somebody's day. Um, just having that talk sometimes, yeah. or just that ear to listen to, and knowing that an adult will give you time and and good time is um, usually the key to turning around somebody's rough day. So I would imagine um, one of the keys to being a kid magnet is that, you know, sometimes you're not always thinking about the, the okay, what kind of strategy can I specifically use, you know, with this student? Like you just do it. Like you just go and you just jump in and you, and you probably see things, you know, cues throughout the day of, oh, that student seems a little off today. Or, you know, just in that moment, you know, like maybe something happened. Um, how does that, how does like maybe pausing in your day to work with that individual student, like how does that turn them around? Um, sometimes if I, if I notice something, I might notice that somebody's tired, for instance. Yeah. And if I notice that they're tired, just going over and saying, hey, did you do something fun and that's why you're tired? Or um, did something happen in your morning where you got woken up if there was a storm yeah. or something like that? And sometimes just that ear to hear like this is why I'm tired yeah. or giving them maybe a suggestion of something they can do to um, sometimes even just stand up and do 10 jumping jacks yeah. kind of helps them. And so giving them that suggestion after I've given them a little bit of time, yeah. just make sure that they are ready to go. And then they feel that importance of an adult gave me the time yeah. and noticed. So with, with my kids, um, I oftentimes see that, you know, you see those cues like, wow, you know, something maybe, maybe isn't quite right. Maybe they're thinking about something and they don't always come out and say it. And yet when we approach the conversation and have that conversation, you can instantly tell that weight is lifted off. And then, you know, they, they can kind of resume back to, um, it's like, oh, they're back. Yep. They're back. I'm sure you see it all the time. And, and it could just be very small things, you know, that are that, that may be impacting them for a small amount of time. But you can just tell uh, you see that, you know, in their eyes like, oh, they're back. Yes, absolutely. Even this morning, I had a little boy that was using um, one of our STEM projects, the launcher and the rubber band broke. And he <laughs> right. was just yeah. devastated. And um, the other adult that had brought in the launcher from the hallway said, I can't I can't make this work and I got it fixed for him and he yeah. just lit up. So 
So I would imagine um, feeling connected to the classroom. I mean, it's essential for all students. I mean, PK through 12, like they want to feel connected to um, in order to be able to learn. So what's the vibe of your classroom? Like, how would you describe the vibe of, of what's happening on a daily basis? I think the vibe of my classroom is kind of controlled chaos. Um, so I, I really like and I function well with them talking to each other and yeah. them using each other to um, build their own relationships and to learn from each other. So I, I um, run the ship, but they are usually the ones in control of talking to each other and learning from their shared experience as they're learning something new. So the vibe of my classroom is, is controlled chaos, but we also live by the motto that we be kind to everyone yeah. all the time. So if you walked into my classroom and asked any of our kids what our motto is, they would say we are kind to everyone all the time. So. Do you have to bring it up throughout the year? We just do. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have to. They are a, a very kind group, and I think it's probably because they know that's the expectation yeah. that I won't sure. I won't settle for less yeah. than kind. Have you had it uh, this year where maybe the students took over the steering and you just said, "Okay, here we go." Yes. What yes. was that like, or what sometimes, was the topic? Sometimes that happens, <laughs> um, and and. Sometimes things come up and you can't anticipate those things yeah. and that learning needs to occur right then and there. Um, and so at that point, I kind of sit back and I listen and I hear what they have to say because I think that when students know that what they have to say is important, yeah. then they then they get really into that deep learning. So like what was the topic or what, um, what, was, what was the project? A lot of times it happens in science. So science is pretty hands-on yeah. and um, we were doing... Uh, a plant project and they decided that they didn't want to kill the plant that was supposed to be to have no light and so we had to take a silent vote with our heads down to see who really wanted to kill the plant and none of them wanted to kill the plant uh, uh. so they they would not do it story county conservation would be very disappointed that we did not kill that plant we put it in the window and it is thriving so maybe like some social sciences or something happened in, you know, that particular uh, example. We had some tears. Oh. We didn't want to kill the living things. And so I let them, I let them drive that day. Oh, that's really funny. Now, <laughs> now when they, uh, when they do that, do they kind of feel like, do they get that sense of, of like, wow, like they can own their learning and that, that power. And then it, it comes up even more often. Definitely, definitely. Another plant did die in that experiment, yeah. so um, they feel like they saved one in replacement. Oh, so okay. they really like they talk about it all the time. That's the poor plant that died, and that's the one that we saved. And um, then they, you can just see in their eyes that they had the ownership over yeah. that, and they they really loved it and connected yeah. well with the experiment, knowing that they would kill that plant <laughs> in that cupboard. Okay, fair enough. So with the classroom, how does, you know, building those relationships with students, how, how does that translate maybe to um, the building-wide culture as well? Because obviously, you know, you're in um, your grade, you have classrooms next to you, and then it can kind of expand to, to the building as well. How, how, how do students feel connected to the building by being in your classroom, do you think? 
I think that our building is a great place to be. Yeah. I think that every teacher functions pretty much the same as me. We focus on relationships, we focus on our PBIS expectations, and we really make sure that we are um, giving that those tickets out to kids when yeah. we notice that they're doing something well. And then we give specific feedback related to that. So um, they will know that they might do something out in the hallway that I have I have trained them to do, um, you know, walk quietly down the hallway or something. And some adult might notice and give yeah. us a class ticket or oh, okay. um, give them a personal ticket for how they're doing yeah. and then give them that explicit uh, feedback and and they really do well with that. And I think that that's just the way our building goes. Yeah. How does, um, so I'm going to put my, my parent hat on now. So how does, you know, those relationships in the classroom, how does that uh, correlate to, I would imagine over the course of a year, building some relationships with parents as well. What does that look like? Um, I have a unique perspective because I also live in the community that I teach in. Yeah. And um, so my kids are also Edwards kids. Okay. And... Uh, or were yeah. um, in Caitlin's case, but uh, it I see my I see my families all the time. Yeah. Some of them live on the same street that I do, so um, we do we came in with some sort of a relationship, but then we also um, we build so much because yeah. I am I'm helpful to their child, and that just people tr just treasure that, yeah. which is great, and we feel appreciated. It's got to be teachers. incredibly valuable though, just to like. For I know that when our kids see, you know, like their teacher outside of school, you know, it's a little bit out of context, but it's also like really exciting for them. Like it's really cool. And they like kind of want to show off their teacher a little bit too. Like, do you, yeah. do you get that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I cannot go to the pool in the summer and not have 25 kids come up and say hi to me. So that has to be pretty bucket filling. It though. is I mean, very bucket filling. It's yeah, great. I mean, the classrooms can be challenging on any given day and any given moment. But when you think about the course of, of the year or many years teaching, that's pretty incredible. It is. It is. There's no other profession like it. Yeah. I feel like it impacts everything in our society. And I think um, when you think of it in that, that's pretty heavy weight, but it's also pretty great. So what have been, um, teaching is nonstop. And I think for people who are not in, you know, the education world or the teaching world, I don't, I don't know. It's just difficult to fully understand that teaching is nonstop. And I know that you feel it. Um, how do you get through that? Um, I, I think that, like I said before, we have a great building. I have great colleagues. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of um, things that I like to do. Like I like to jog. Um, people in the, our community see me out jogging. Um, I'm not the fastest runner in the world, but I like to. <laughs> and so I think keeping watch over, making sure that I feel good about how I'm starting my day is something great. And um, and then just you know remembering that it's one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, and we yeah. can get through it. I always found that the school year moves in phases. Um, my phases are probably very different from your. Do you think about it in that way? I mean, you start the year and you know you got this, you have many months ahead of you. Um, obviously there's the seasons, but but do you go through phases in, in the school year in the second grade classroom? We do. We are at the phase now where I would say that we're like a 
we are like a family. Sometimes a very, very well-functioning family, and yeah. sometimes we are like brothers and sisters in there. And you are you have like the, I need some space, or I need a <laughs> moment. So um, we definitely, you know, in the beginning of the year, you don't know each other as well. You yeah. don't have those connections. You don't have... Um, you're a little bit more apprehensive yeah. for anything. And then as the school year wears on, um, there are a lot of times where, um, you know, you can see different student relationships developing yeah. or you learn something about um, a child or a family that you feel like, you know what, that that gives me a little different insight. Um, yeah. And that, that those, as we go through um, those relationships, begin to grow deeper, but they also, yeah. um, they also become something that you can really value because you can use it so much to help the students get where they need to go at the end of the year. So with those types of students, so we have twins, we have a, a boy and a girl, and I would say that we have one of each. We have, you know, one that will very much initiate, um, you know, socially and one that it, it takes a lot. And I would imagine you have uh, both of those groups in your classroom. So how do you how do you mix them all together to get everyone involved? Um, I definitely have some introverts and extroverts in yeah. my classroom for sure. And, and you know, sometimes I want to honor the fact that sometimes kids don't want to necessarily work with a group and they want yeah. to just have a little bit of alone time. And you just have to do that. You just yeah. have to give them that space because without that, they don't feel connected and heard. Sure. So if they need that, then that's what I do. And yeah. if if somebody is a complete extrovert like me, then um, they they get their energy from other people. So yeah. you can kind of use just um, your judgment and give yeah. everybody what they need. And and still at times, of course, we always need to, I always need to tell them, there's times in life where you have to work with other yeah. people. Yeah. So we're just gonna do this and I'll help you through it. So. I would imagine um, when you get a couple students, even one-on-one, they really open up as well. You know, some students, they don't want to be in the front of the classroom and do that public speaking, but boy, they have a lot to share and a lot to tell you when you get, get them one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think that that's something that they love is a little bit of time where it's just one-on-one -on -one yeah. or one-on small group. Um, we, get, we definitely get to do that during reading groups, and okay. you can see the reading groups that, you know, they just flourish during that time because yeah. they love to they love to talk and they love to have attention. So yeah, that's when we get to do that the most. So when you uh, you ever run into this situation because you've built these relationships, you know, you come in on a Monday, you're greeting, and and all the students have everything to say to you on on what happened over the weekend. Or I mean, we we had I don't remember if it was, if it was our son or daughter, but they're like, oh yeah, I told. You know, Mrs. So-and-so that, you know, we did that. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and it wasn't anything <laughs> bad, you know, but it was just like, are you serious? Like, I'm sure these conversations happen all the time. They it, do. <laughs> they do. And you'd be surprised at all the things that I've heard over the oh, years. Oh, yeah. No, I can only imagine. You could probably write a book. Uh, <laughs> I probably could. I probably should. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. But, you know... I, 
I see that as a really positive thing. And it wasn't an embarrassing thing for me or anything, you know, but I see that as a great thing because they feel connected to the classroom. And I hope you feel that as well. They love it. And I love it. I, yeah. I love to hear about what they have to say. Probably puts a smile on your face because you're like, oh, I know those parents <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, like, that's pretty fun. Absolutely. Um, so what gets you going? What keeps you um, coming back every day, every week, every month, every year? I mean, what, what is it? I mean, because we've... We're, we're kind of now on the tail end of what have been some really challenging years for teachers and, and education as a whole. Um, and we're kind of coming through that. And, you know, we were just talking just prior to this, you know, hopefully the summer can kind of revive everyone and we can have truly um, back to a normal school year next year. I think in some ways uh, this year has been, been some of that, or at least we transition into some of that. But what keeps you going? Um, Watching kids learn and grow is yeah. so fun for me. It's something that I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so I think that just knowing that that was my lifelong goal and dream yeah. has really helped keep me going. But they have been challenging years. And um, I think that just knowing that we can get through anything yeah. after these last couple years keeps me coming back for more. Have you been just super impressed with the resiliency of students? I mean, they just roll with it. I, they are the model for adults. Yeah. I think that if we were all as easygoing as the kids are, yeah. I think that we would, it would be just so much easier for all of us. Wouldn't it though? I mean, their resilience and, and they can just, they can just flow with it at times. And I just love that part about um, kids that age, but you know, students in general, they it's that in and of itself is a is a life skill to just be able to embrace i agree i agree they they are the ones that we should model our our behaviors after do you shift gears sometimes throughout the day and, oh, and yeah. it, does it throw them off oh yeah <laughs> uh, it's, after lunch is always a challenging time so yeah. sometimes you just have to shift and do something completely unexpected um so that they realize that they they are going to get back into it um yeah there's all kinds of times where we're always shifting, um, just depending on what's going on in the classroom. Have you have you ever had to do that because, and it was maybe it was a difficult decision because that's what the class needed at the time. Maybe you uh, paused what you had planned completely and just completely shifted gears. Absolutely, that happens a lot. That really? happens more often than you'd think, and it's hard because as a PLC, um, as a professional learning community, the yeah. four. Um, of us always try to stay on the same, you know, the same thing on math and the same yeah. thing on foundations. And sometimes there are times where we've got to say, hey, I did not get to this because my students needed this at yeah. that time. And um, everybody is pretty responsive to that. And we can yeah. always come up with something else that we can fit into those other three classrooms yeah. that, that didn't need that. So that happens quite often. Yeah. And you just got to roll with it. You got to take that lead from your students and and just go with it. You know, and that's an interesting concept, and we could almost probably do an entire episode really on that concept, because I think a lot of people, you know, and whatever their work is, as an adult may be very used to that, and yet, you know, I've I've read and seen things that, you know, everything is, is planned out and should be planned out between, you know, Monday and Friday and on this month, and everything should be planned out, and that's just not the way it works that's in, in education. Works. I mean, you have, you know, 20-some second graders in your classroom, and um, sometimes things happen in the real world, you know, that impact what happens in the classroom, and, and that shift is needed because it's what's best for students. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, flexibility is a really, really hard thing to teach. Yeah. So you just have to model it a lot. Being flexible in yeah. our curriculum, being flexible in what we, which book we might be reading because yeah. this is what they need is is key to their success as an adult because flexibility is something that we all need. So talk to me about outcomes. Uh, if we focus on relationships, like what outcomes come of that? Um, so I have had resilient readers um, come of that. I've had people that were resistant readers yeah. that once they had a relationship and they knew and they could see the purpose of the why, um, they've really flourished. And yeah. so, um, you know, there's research out there that says why a student and a teacher need positive relationship. Yeah. And um, that can be one of the, the greatest effects on their education. If they yeah. have that positive adult interaction and that positive teacher in their life, then they can, they can grow yeah. and their academics flourish because of it. What's the difference between those two readers that, that you talked about? Um, the resistant readers are usually the ones that I have to find a book that's just right and mm -hmm. hook them. Yeah. Um, or I have to give them the why. And then okay. I have those people that are, you could give them any, you could give them the dictionary to read and they would be content to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it always just depends on what the kid um, likes and um and and is ready for yeah and so then at that time i just have to roll with it and i have to i have to do some digging and figure out how <laughs> i can get that one that's resistant how i can get a hook and and get them to to want to be a reader how good does that feel that is the best feeling is it that's the best feeling that is the the why to teaching yeah um, when you have somebody that does not want to do something like reading and then they become a reader at the end of the year i have yeah. one right now that i'm just thinking of in my brain and yeah. i'm thinking how proud i am of, uh, of that reader you changed that that student's trajectory i mean you really did do you think about that a lot i don't ever think about that yeah. <laughs> but it's it is fun to think about yeah but um you know, just the day in and day out, you don't have time to really stop and think about you that. Probably but that don't. is pretty cool to think about. Uh, I'd encourage you to do it. Actually, I encourage all teachers to do it. It's 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 truly incredible. I think um, oftentimes because it's so hectic throughout the day, we don't and we never have time. And you still, you know, you're going to those students again the next day to reflect on, you know, the accomplishments that have been made. But, you know, we're now at the end of April and, and I'm certain that you've seen an immense amount of just things that you could point to to be like, wow, like that's incredible that that happened in, in our classroom. And it is. And once we get like even closer to the end here, I will yeah. stop and I'll reflect because I usually put together a little video oh, for yeah. my students at the end of the year and yeah. tell them how proud I am of them and then look through all my pictures that I took in the year <laughs> and create, you know, that memory for yeah. them that they can they can take home and they can keep and then they can think about second grade and how how we were as that family of second graders. Yeah. And um, that's when I do my probably my biggest amount of reflection oh on my how far they've really come yeah. and how much even physically they've grown yeah. in a year. You look at those pictures of their first day and you think, <laughs> wow, yeah. they really shot up this year or um, their hair is totally different, yeah. you know, or. 
Is it hard getting to the end of the year? Is it hard saying, I mean, it's kind of goodbye, kind of not. Like, you'll see all those students again next year, but just in a different way. Yeah. It'll never be the same. So on the last day of school, I'm always a giant mess. I'm yeah. always crying. and. <laughs> It, yes, I'm a giant mess, and it is hard. I think that's okay. You spend so much of your time with them, yeah. and you invest so many feelings yeah. and emotions, and they do the same. I was gonna say it goes both ways. Yeah, and and it's just it's never the same. Even when you see each other in the hallway, it's not that same. Like I'm gonna see you day in and day out for the next 180 days. Was it tougher the first couple of years? Or is it just tough every year? It's just tough every year. It's just tough every year. I don't know if it was tougher the first couple of years. Okay. I think it was. I think it's just about the same all the time. I bet. And and because each class is different. This is the fifth grade class that's leaving. Is yeah. was my first kindergarten class at Edwards, so that's going to be really tough to watch Aww. them walk away. But you've been there like kind of like the whole time. Like you could just kind of see them go yeah. through like everything. Yep. My. I was there when they were itty bitties when they were in kindergarten, and now I'm watching them oh become goodness. middle schoolers. Middle schoolers. Oh, you blink, and then <laughs> this is what happens. Yep, that's absolutely right. Oh, uh, so I don't know if advice is the right word, but you know, I'll, I'll we'll use it. Like, what advice would you give to uh, new teachers? You know, just when thinking about relationships, how do how do you be a kid magnet? I think that my biggest piece of advice would just be to listen. Listen to kids, listen okay. to what they have to say. They want to be heard. Yeah. And they probably have a lot to say. And maybe we don't give them enough voice at times. That I think I think that in the world that we live in, we need to stop, yeah. pause and give them that that space and that time. Thank you Laura for being on this episode of the Amazing Education podcast. I kind of had chills a couple times through that conversation. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, anyway, awesome. well, thank you awesome. very much. You're welcome. Thank you.